of the heart of this service is an act of ashing where those who would like to receive the sign of the cross in ash are invited to come forward and hear the words spoken over them. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. Those words are incredibly moving, hard to hear, and I can assure you, hard to speak. <laughs> when you're there with somebody that you know and love, and you are saying them straight to them, and you think, this person is not going to be here forever. Our days are short. Who knows how long we live? On Saturday, I was there a day after the birth of our latest grandson, full of life, big smiles, occasionally wide-eyed. And then on Wednesday, I was taking the funeral of a 98-year-old lady here in Christchurch. It seems every day on the news now we are reminded how short life can be, how it can be cut short in the streets of our cities or through tragic accidents that happen at sea. And so we are daily challenged and encouraged to make the most of the life that we have been given. And I'm always struck by part of that prayer in, in the funerals of the Church of England that asks God, give us wisdom and grace to use aright the time that is left to us here on earth. The ash, the dust, gives us that perspective. So we stand at the graveside and say those words, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we're reminded how frail and short life is. And so the psalmist calls us afresh to think about how brief our life is. Teach us, Psalm 90, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. It's not just that we think, oh, life is so short, we can look at the perspective of our lives in their finitude and say, Lord, may I make the most of these days that I have, however many days I have, and I want to apply my heart to wisdom. I want to learn how to be a person that is wise in the way that I live. And Jesus, of course, lived that awareness out every day of his brief life, 33 years of it. And he made every day count. We read how he was led by the Spirit to be in a place where he could be alone with God and with his thoughts, with wild beasts, 
and with the tempter. And the big question that he was facing was how would he choose to live this life that he'd been given? The tempter came to him and invited him to gratify himself, to gratify his basic desires. When that didn't work, he invited him to perform spectacular feats of power, to become a superhero that everybody would be amazed by, which perhaps especially today is a very attractive thing. Certainly for my other grandson, Henry, who's five, and of course the ever-increased six. Thank you. I heard that. My hearing isn't that bad. He is six, yes. How short life is and how brief the years go by. But we think of the very ever-increasing numbers of people of all ages who give so much of their finite lifetime to ever more violent games on phones and iPads and other devices. The third invitation or temptation was to limitless wealth. No need to serve anyone. As long as you are happy having all this money, you will in effect be serving me, says the tempter. You'll be worshipping that which you think brings you pleasure and purpose. You don't need to worry about God. It's a very demanding sort of thing. Ugh. But each time the choice was clear. And Jesus' choice was made on the basis of one criteria. Was it God's will? Jesus could discern God's will because he knew the scriptures. And it's in the scriptures where God's will was revealed. It is written, he said. It is written. It is written. The Bible Jesus read, as Philip Yancey puts it, contained enough of a revelation of God to know how to live a life that honoured God. It's perhaps worth bearing that in mind as we grapple with passages from the Old Testament, maybe on a daily basis if you're following the reading notes that Peter Misselbrook has provided for us. And so we come back to those words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. Words that we hear and a sign that we receive that embody the heart of Christian discipleship. What it means to be a person who is learning to live the life, the life that God has given us. Now, and each day, whether it be many days or few. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember your mortality. We live in a society that shies away from death. I've heard people say, um, if something were ever to happen to me, then mm, 
if at the graveside or at a crematorium we say those words we commit this body to the ground or to be cremated but at a Christian funeral the words are spoken in sure and certain hope of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall change, who shall transform our corruptible or our frail bodies that they may be conformed to his glorious body who lives and reigns and who is exalted forever and ever. There's this perspective that we have through Christ that the death of a Christian is not the end of the story. And we live Lent, therefore, in the light of Easter. Yes, we live in the awareness of our mortality and the need to make the most of every day, but we also live believing that death will be swallowed up in victory, as St. Paul puts it. The victory of the Christ who was crucified, died, buried, and on the third day rose again. How then shall we live these few days of our lives, these few weeks, these months, or even years? Well, the second half of the words that we use at the ashing give us that clarity. Turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. Turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. And that's, of course, exactly what Jesus chose to do. Sin has been most simply described as a word that has I at the center of it. This is the life that we are called to turn away from. A life that is self-centered. And surely that's a call we can welcome. We're, Sean and I, always very grateful to Grace, the lady in our satnav, who having tried politely to encourage me to find a different route from the one that I'm accidentally or sometimes deliberately driving along, will say, when she's beginning to lose her patience, Turn around when possible, or make a U-turn. We turn away from sin because the direction we are traveling in will lead to destruction. And thank goodness we have God's word and the voice of the Holy Spirit and the wise counsel of other people who will help us and challenge us and invite us to do just that. The destruction may be in terms of oneself. It may be in the lives of another. It may be in the planet that we live in. And that is particularly relevant at the time, at this time. Because yesterday, this church building was full of children and parents and teachers and other people from the local community. 
who are celebrating the way in which children from three different schools have taken up this challenge to turn away from a life that was all about getting for themselves and thinking about what are the needs and issues in our community. And they work together with great collaboration, enthusiasm and commitment to do something about loneliness in our community, to do something that would meet the needs of the homeless and to be able to make a statement that climate change matters. And it was those children, the team from Bromley Heath Juniors, that won the most votes when everybody said, yeah, we're going to get behind that. They were the ones who initiated the plastic bags being gathered up and filled with huge big uh, bags, bread bags, that we now in our church here are collecting and giving to be recycled instead of thrown away into landfill. How exciting to see young lives and young faces aglow with a desire to see this planet looked after, cared for, as God intends it. And this Lent, we're also offering the opportunity through Christian aid to take some practical ways that will turn us away from self-centered attitudes to the world, where adults and children can follow each day a different opportunity to do something simple, to rise up in a way that we haven't done before, and to say, I'm turning away from that lifestyle that ignores the needs of our planet. And I'm turning toward a different way of life that will make a difference, not perhaps for me, but for my children and grandchildren. So we turn away from sin. At whatever level that might be. And we turn to Christ. We are faithful to Christ. Be faithful to Christ is the words, the exact words that are used. Interesting that it's be faithful. Being faithful to Christ will involve doing certain things. But it is written that we are saved, we are brought into wholeness and fullness of life, which is eternal, not by works, not by being a doing person, but by being a being person, just being who God intends us to be. By God's saving grace. As Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so as we turn toward Christ with faith, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, with openness, with honesty, with humility, where we come to Christ with being faithful to Christ, being full of faith toward Christ, we're saying, Lord, would you help me? You have the power to do something which is impossible for me. Would you come to my help? Would you forgive me? Would you transform me from within? And he will be true to his promise and bring us ever more fully into that relationship with the Father. 
He will bring us home. He will bring us to a place of inner peace, of stillness, of being able to rest in his love. Only God can do that. As we turn to Christ and we be faithful to Christ. That's the testimony of so many. Rob Williams, who will be coming to this church in April on behalf of Cap, telling his story of how God rescued him from a life of drugs, being in prison, being desperate, being completely lost. Of him crying out to God on his knees in his prison cell. Reaching out his hand to God and finding God holding him. And God was changed from the inside out. What he went on to do was a result of what God had done in him. And so as we pray for people who are in the grip of violent cultures, in gangs, on streets, with knives and drugs, yes, we can do all sorts of things to prevent crime, we can throw money at the police and all those sort of things which are important, but ultimately the change will only happen when a person becomes who God intends them to be through inner transformation. And so Jesus returned from his 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, and as Luke records in his version of this episode, he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. He has been faithful, full of faith towards God. And now he's given the inner power to live that life that his Father God had called him to live. And what a life! It was. And before we come to hear this invitation to come and receive the sign of the cross on the forehead in ash and hear those words spoken over us, we do well to contemplate, to be silent and to prayerfully respect, listen to what God is saying to us. We might be open to whatever he has for us, that we might be ready to turn away and keep turning away from this self that keeps calling us back and calling us away from God so that we might be free to be faithful to Christ. Amen.